Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Alarming epidemic of bank failures. The country was fed up once and for all with the anarchy of unstable private banking. Well, that's what he said, and that's what the students are learning. Let's not challenge that for the moment. Let's just take it at face value, because this is the official doctrine, isn't it? The purpose of the Fed is to stabilize the economy and to protect the people. That's why they're raising our interest rates right now. That's what Greenspan said. Why is he doing this? to help people, right? To stabilize the economy so we won't have massive inflation. It's for you folks that he's doing this. See? That's what he says. And if you're trying to figure it out on the basis of these official pronouncements, you'll never get it. Let's just take this official pronouncement at face value for a moment and see how well it's doing. Let's give it a report card. Since the Federal Reserve was created, it has presided over the crashes of 1921 and 1929, the Great Depression of 29 through 39, recessions in the years 53, 57, 69, 75, and 81, a stock market Black Monday in 87. We all know that corporate debt is soaring, Personal debt is greater than ever. Both business and personal bankruptcies are at an all-time high. Banks and savings and loan associations have failed in larger numbers than ever before. Interest on the national debt is consuming half of our tax dollars. Heavy industry has all been but replaced by overseas competitors. We're facing an international trade deficit for the first time in our history. 75% of downtown Los Angeles and other metropolitan areas is now owned by foreigners, and over half of the nation now officially is in a state of recession. Now, that's the report card of the Federal Reserve System after 80 years of stabilizing our economy. I don't think it's even controversial to say that it has failed to meet its stated objectives. The only controversial issue is why has it failed? And my answer is because those have never been its true objectives. What are its true objectives? Well, what are the objectives of any cartel? To enhance the profit margins of the members of the cartel and to stabilize their position in the market. If we hold that in mind, now we get a different picture folding before us. Now they're not failing at all. They're succeeding. There were three objectives that the bankers had, the ones on Jekyll Island. They had three objectives in 1910 through 1913 that they wanted the Federal Reserve System to accomplish for them, and they were very verbose on the topic. And here they are. They said first they wanted to stop the erosion of their power away from New York. That's right. 
exactly the opposite of what the Federal Reserve System was supposed to accomplish, that's what they wanted. This is a good point to mention that when we talk about the cartel, I'm not talking about the small banks that are struggling for survival under the Federal Reserve System. Remember, John D. Rockefeller said competition is a sin. And one of the purposes of the cartel was to put a check on the competition from these new banks, keep them in their place, eliminate them if possible, and to do so through regulation, setting up conditions that the big banks could afford to handle, but the small banks could not handle. So I'm not talking about your local banker now. I'm talking about the New York cartel. That was objective number one. Objective number two was to reverse the trend of what they call private capital formation. Now that's banker language for a trend in which individuals or businesses use their own savings for something instead of going to the bank and borrowing money for it. At the turn of the century, there was a trend toward private capital formation in business particularly. Businesses were holding back a certain portion of their dividends each quarter, putting that money into a sinking fund, and then as the capital formed, or as they saved more and more money, then they used their own savings to build a new factory or to launch a research and development project or whatever. And the banks were extremely concerned over this trend. They wanted to entice businesses back into the banks to borrow money, and they knew that the only way to do that is to lower interest rates. And you may say, well, why didn't they just lower interest rates? Because you're thinking in terms of today, not then. Today it's easy if you're the Federal Reserve System to lower interest rates because they have the lever to move it either way, up or down, totally within their control. But in 1913, there was no lever because the money in those days was backed by gold and silver. And you can't book a lever onto that kind of money. Under those conditions, interest rates are the result of the natural forces of supply and demand. People cannot control it. I mean, individuals or committees cannot control it. Millions of people interacting in freedom control it, supply and demand. But it's not subject to political control. And they knew that the only way that they could get people into the banks is to artificially depress the natural interest rate. How do you do that? They said that the answer was through a flexible currency. They said what the nation needed was a flexible currency to meet the demands of industry. Well, what is a flexible currency? It's not the stuff that bends. You need a dictionary to understand some of these things. A flexible currency, ladies and gentlemen, is money made out of nothing. That's what that means. I see the trick is not too complicated. If you can create money out of nothing, you don't have to charge an awful lot of interest on it to show a profit. <laughs> so with a flexible currency, they could lower the interest rates below the natural level, still make plenty of profit on it, and entice the businessmen back into the banks. So the goal was a flexible currency. That was objective number two. And objective number three was to pass on the inevitable losses of the banks, pass them on to the taxpayers, 
in the name of protecting the people. Now, those are the true objectives of the Federal Reserve. Let's now issue another report card and see how well it did. Did it keep control with the larger banks in New York? And the answer is yes. We have big banks in the West and in the South, but they are nothing compared to these mega banks in New York, which stride the world with offices in Peking and Moscow and Africa everywhere. The big banks continue to dominate. It gets an A on its report card for retaining control in New York. What about reversing the trend toward private capital formation? Boy, did it ever. Interest rates have been pushed down over periods of time. They're so attractive that individuals and corporations thought they were crazy not to take advantage of those low interest rates. Why save your money? That's stupid. So they were all enticed into the banks because of a flexible currency. And then, of course, they get loaned up to the eyebrows and something happens in the economy and you can't service your debt anymore, you go bankrupt. Right now, there are many corporations just and individuals just hanging in there by the skin of their teeth because they're trying to service their debt. And it's an amazing fact that many of these large corporations are now sending more money every quarter to the banks as interest payments than they send to the stockholders as dividends. Just think about that. The banks who made the money out of nothing are making more money out of large segments of our industry than the people who work for their money, save their money, invested their money, risked their money to purchase ownership shares in those corporations. And the Federal Reserve System gets an A on its report card because, indeed, with flexible currency, it reverses the trend toward private capital formation. Were they able to pass along their losses to the taxpayer in the name of protecting the people? Maybe you missed that part of it, but it's called bailout. The game called bailout. It, it displays something like this. Whenever one of the large banks gets into trouble because someone it has loaned money to, either a big corporation or a third world country, can no longer pay its debt. So the bank is in trouble. It goes to Congress and it carefully explains to Congress that it must bail out that corporation or that third world country because otherwise it's going to hurt the people of America. If that venerable corporation is allowed to fold, look at how many Thousands of jobs will be lost. People will be put on welfare. They'll be out of work, and that'll hurt the people. If that country down in South America cannot pay its loan, Uncle Sam better pay it for him because otherwise the venerable bank in New York will have to write the loan off of its books, and then technically it'll be bankrupt. It may have to close its doors. It would collapse. And look at the thousands of people who have money in that bank who would be hurt by that. And who knows, that bank is such a big bank. If it fell, it might be the first domino, causing all the other banks to fall. And we could have a major recession or depression on our hands. And look how the people of America would suffer. And so Congress dutifully runs to the front and says, yes, yes, we don't want any of that to happen. And they vote the funds to guarantee the loans, or in some cases, to make outright payments 
to keep that river of interest payments going to the banks. Not the small banks, the big banks. Here are some of the gains you may have missed. Penn Central Railroad was bailed out in 1970. Lockheed Corporation also in 1970. Commonwealth Bank of Detroit in 1972. New York City in 1975. Chrysler Corporation in 1978. First Pennsylvania Bank in 1980. Continental Illinois, the largest of the banks so far, in 1982. And all of those countries in the third world who can no longer make their interest payments are now making their payments because they got the money from the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank, which got it from the Federal Reserve System, which got it from you and me through the mandrake mechanism. And my final topic before I reach the conclusion is one that I think you'll find interesting, and that is usury. In the old days, the biblical times, Usury was defined as interest on a loan. Any interest on any loan was usury. Well, in modern times, that's been redefined to mean excessive interest on a loan, not moderate interest, because, well, this is in keeping with the concept that if we work hard for our money, we save our money, we don't spend it, we sacrifice its pleasure, and we loan it to somebody for their venture, we're entitled to a reasonable return for that sacrifice. A reasonable interest seems fair and logical to most people. But what is this thing excessive interest? Thomas Edison said, people who will not turn a shovel full of dirt on the project, nor contribute a pound of material, will collect more money than will the people who will supply all the materials and do all the work. I wondered about that when I read it. I thought, was Tom exaggerating? So I got my calculator out and I punched in the numbers. I took, for an example, a $100,000 house to be built. I assumed the $30,000 was going to go for the land and the architect's fees and the permits. That $70,000 would go for the actual construction of the house, the labor and the materials. I assumed that the buyer would go to the bank put 20% down, take out a 30-year loan at 10% interest. I punched in the numbers, and I found out that the borrower will pay to the bank in interest $172,741 as compared to $70,000 paid for those who did all the labor and did all the work. In other words, the bank will earn two and a half times as much money as those who produce Sounds kind of boring, doesn't it? Wouldn't it be nice if we could just jump right into politics? But people won't know what we're talking about unless they understand the issues. We need an educational army out there, ladies and gentlemen. And it's time to enlist. As Patrick Henry would have said it, in fact, as he did say it, our brethren are already in the field. Why stand we here idle? The bad news, the really bad news, is that time is running out. We used to talk about these things. I remember not too long ago, I would talk about some of these issues, and people would look at me and say, you got to be kidding. That could never happen in America. And now, when I talk about these issues, 
they lean forward and say, how much time do we have left? It's visible all around us. The new world order is descending around us. I mean, they're preparing a, a world court of justice, a world taxing authority. All right. You can find that video on YouTube. Um, what he was talking about basically is that the Federal Reserve money isn't backed by anything. It's a fiat currency. But, you know, they try to compel you to pay in uh, debt instruments, which are Federal Reserve notes. Uh, lawful money is from the Treasury. And um, they already implemented, implemented the New World Order by the laws and the statutes that they create. So they didn't have to take it by force. No. So that's the uh, audio for the day. Uh, you can look look for us for some more audio coming up. Inspiration vi- uh, audio. And um, you can call in. We have some uh, remedies that we want to give out to help people out. You know, uh, Third-party debt collectors, how to get rid of those. You know, we have a couple of remedies that might help you with your mortgage or your car payments, car loan, uh, student loans, and uh, we actually do credit restoration, helping you get your credit cleaned up and helping you get lines of credit. All right, it's uh, over one. Uh, every, hope everybody have a good day. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.